Today I'm going to start a new message series uh, for the next five weeks in uh, something I haven't really done before. We're going to just slow it down and we're going to dwell and meditate on a short passage of scripture focusing really in on three verses, Matthew chapter 11, 28, 29, and 30. In fact, if you've got a Bible with you, I can invite you to start finding Matthew chapter 11. It's the first book in the, in the New Testament, first of the four gospels. And, uh, you know, there's only six Sundays left in 2020. Uh, some of you are breathing, thinking, oh, I can hang on for six more weeks. Don't kid yourself. 2021 is coming. Uh, it's, it might be 2020 part two. But, um, uh, you know, we have, uh, you know, and the last Sunday of the year, by the way, where we save as a testimony Sunday. So you can be thinking if there's something you want to share with the church of what the Lord's done this last year, we do that on the last week. But for now, we're going to focus for five weeks in this series, and we're calling this the heart of Jesus, the heart of Jesus. 2020, as you know, and it's, I'm not saying anything that's new, is, is, is really been an unspeakable year. It's been uh, challenging in so many ways, and I think we're all feeling a bit weary and and just kind of beat up, and some of you are feeling just heartbroken over the things of this year. There's so much that you've given up, those trips, those visits, those special events that you've had to constantly push aside and not participate in. Maybe some extra responsibility that's been laid upon you, and you're just feeling the weight of it all. And so I thought it would just be lovely to finish our year in just a posture of rest and just receiving comfort from the Lord in this time. Um, I really do think the Lord wants to meet you at your point of need, whatever that is, uh, today and in these days. And so we're just going to linger on what might be the most comforting, you know, passage or portion of scripture, uh, certainly that I can think of, um, here. So Matthew chapter 11, we're actually going to start at verse 25 and read through 30. And if you've got that with you, I invite you to stand if you're able for the reading of God's word. Matthew chapter 11, beginning at verse 25. He writes this. At that time, Jesus prayed this prayer. O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. Then Jesus says, my father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the son except the father and no one truly knows the father except the son and those to whom the son chooses to reveal him. That is the father. Verse 28. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Let's be seated together. I'm not sure that we really grasp this, but the shocking truth of Jesus' ministry is that he made salvation, he made good news accessible to everybody, regardless of their station in life. He did not favor the hyper-religious, those who were kind of pretty good already. If anything, he favored people who were humble, who were willing to put faith in him no matter what, regardless of their social status or religious status. Those are the ones that, that Jesus really seemed to appeal to. He went so far as to say in verse 25 
that, that God has hidden the truth, these truths of salvation, hidden them from people who think they're clever or righteous or, you know, educated or religious and instead revealed it to what we're called the childlike, those who have a childlike faith. It's actually counterintuitive to take something valuable and precious and give it to you know, a kid who doesn't seem to kind of understand what to do with it and, 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 you know, expect those who are well put together to humble themselves to childlikeness. It would be like, it'd be like this. I have in my pocket a genuine, uh, uh, Benjamin, right? A hundred dollar bill right here. And, uh, it would be me like, like, you know, if I was going to say, okay, I don't want to drop it. I'll give it to Becky, my wife to hold on to. But instead, I give it to one of the kids in the nursery or one of the kids in the threes and fours class to hold on to. That would be crazy, right? You don't do that. But that's a bit of a picture of what Jesus does. He takes, I'll put it down there. Remember that. He takes what is precious and he entrusts it to the childlike, to those of simple faith. So let's begin by focusing really on verse 28, this opening phrase actually of verse 28, not even the whole verse today. Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. And we're going to break this down into five steps, five moves this morning. And we're going to do it like this. Jesus saying, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. And I, I just got to tell you, those few words just make me want to lean in and say, I, that, I, that describes me. I'm in that category today, every day. Beginning with come, he says, it's an invitation. It's not a demand. It's an invitation. That's the way Jesus works. See, when you receive an invitation, say to a birthday party or a wedding, uh, you know, even if you feel obligated, even if it's a family event, did you know that it's voluntary? That's the nature of an invitation. It's not forced. Uh, it's it's a voluntary participation. Uh, even if the host really, really wants you there and actually expects that you're there and is going to be mad at you if you don't go, it's optional. It's an invitation that you get to either choose or reject. And it, this is not the come here of a, of a parent angry, you know, a, a parent disciplining a child or, or, a, or a boss saying, Hey, I want to see you in my office to the employee. Right? It's not that kind of come here. It's not, it's not a demanding invitation. It's just an invitation. Jesus never forces a person to follow, never forces someone to worship. He he doesn't demand your adherence or your discipleship. He calls to you and invites you. It's your choice, always. But he does want you with him. He does want you there. Uh, when Becky and I were planning our wedding a long time ago, I'm not even going to try to remember how many years it was, um, I remember we had these guest lists and a bunch of people on those guest lists were what I would call obligation invitations. Friends of her parents, friends of my parents, long lost relatives, and some of which you think, 
well, we can send them an invitation because we know they won't come and, you know, at least they will have gotten invited, but, you know, hopefully they don't show up. We really can't afford to feed everybody. And, and those were obligation invitations. I mean, on, at my wedding reception, I met a lot of people for the first and honestly for the last time as I got introduced to all these people that I had no idea who they were or why they were at our wedding. Um, but I, you know, it's great. It's all, it's all great. All right. That's not how Jesus works. There's no obligation invitations for him. He really wants you there. He really wants you to come. And you come voluntarily. But he invites you to come not, not to a party, not to a something like that. He invites you to come to him as a person. Come to me, he says. See, what I love about the invitation is that it's, it's not calling us to a, you know, a, a doctrine or a set of rules, right? Jesus calls us to Himself. Doctrine's important. Holy living's important. But Jesus does not say, come to my ideas or, you know, come to my set of rules, but come to me, to the person. There's such an intimacy to this. It's, it's hard to explain. And, and I think few of us experience this uh, someone was sharing me this this week uh, sharing with me how in this this year has just been a, a year of immense trial and and difficulty and in this year they said they discovered Jesus and they they've engaged in God's word in the Bible like never before this person says I I'm just reading it all the time I'm just I can't stop reading the word and 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 they said I'm, I'm, I have such intimacy with Jesus. I don't even know how to describe it. It's like He's right there with me all the time. And, and they, they share this as their world is crumbling around them at a point when you would say, God, what's happening? You know, why are you doing this to me? But instead, they came to Jesus. You see, ideas and dogma do not save you. As important, as valuable and wonderful as they can be, it doesn't save you. Only the person of Jesus will save you. He invites you to his very self. Come to me, Jesus says. You think of it, you know, I use the example of a parent, you know, kind of calling out to a child who's in trouble. But think of it this way. It's like a, like a parent helping a child who has fallen. Maybe they're on their bicycle and they fall and they, they hurt themselves. And a good parent goes and says, hey, come here, come here. Let me hold you. Let me embrace you. Let me help with it. Oh, it looked like you scraped your knee a little bit. Okay, let's clean that up. You're going to be okay. That That's the kind of, you know, welcome that, that Jesus gives. You could, you know, perhaps an uncompassionate parent would say, see, I, I told you not to do it like that. If you just listened to me in the first place, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have fallen down like that. That's, that's not Jesus. He welcomes even when we stumble, even when we fall, even when we mess up, even when we blow it. He says, come to me. And the invitation is not just for a select few. Come to me, all of you, he says. Come to me, all of you. The all of you uh, is not, you know, just kind of assumed in the text or suggested in the text. It's it's actually explicitly stated in the text, in the, in that original language. I don't know, do you care? Pantes, 
oi is the is the Greek words, and it just simply means all of you all. It's very emphatic. And and, and that's whose invitation. It's a broad invitation, not uh, okay, one at a time. I can handle one. Okay, I can take the first 500, you know. All right, I'm taking the 10th caller today, Jesus says. 10th caller, uh, you can come to me and then tomorrow maybe we'll open up the lines for another one. It's not how Jesus works. No one's out of reach. No one's a favorite. Jesus actually said this in another way. In John um, 6.37, it's get, it gets recorded this way. John 6.37, Jesus said this. He said, all those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. I will never drive away. See, if you had any doubt at all, let me remind, remind you that Jesus cannot, and Jesus will not, turn you away. There's nothing that you've done that is so dastardly that that, that Jesus cannot welcome you. Because it's not based on your worthiness, your righteousness, it's based on his, Jesus already paid the price for your sin. He paid such a high cost of the cost of his own blood, his own life. And you think about something that, you know, think about the most valuable, the most expensive thing you own. You don't mistreat it. You don't discard it or ignore it or lose it. You, you hold it. You protect it. You care for it. That's what Jesus has done. There was an author in the 17th century, a guy named, by the name of John Bunyan, not Paul Bunyan, but John Bunyan. And uh, John Bunyan wrote close to 60 books. Who's the author of a book called Pilgrim's Progress. Uh, said to be the best-selling book of all time, second only to the Bible. Uh, just just amazing uh, author. And uh, he wrote a commentary on John 6, 37. And... Uh, this book that I'm that I'm recommending to you to to read, Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland, um, he references Bunyan's commentary on on this on this verse, and I just want to share a little bit of it with you. John um, Bunyan writes this. He's and and of course, 17th century, so he's using what we would call the King James Version or the authorized version of the Bible. This verse in that translation, um, uh, you know, says it this way. I will in no wise... Um, oh, I had it here. No, I lost it. Him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. And so Bunyan writes this. For this word, in no wise cuts the throat of all objections and was dropped by the Lord Jesus for that very end and to help the faith that is mixed with unbelief. And it is, as it were, the sum of all promises. Neither can any objection be made upon the unworthiness that you find in yourself that this promise will not assoil or this promise will not overcome or take care of. But I am a great sinner, say you. I will in no wise cast out, says Christ. But I am an old sinner, say you. I will in no wise cast out, says Christ. But I'm a hard-hearted sinner, say you. I will in no wise cast out, says Christ. But I'm a backsliding sinner, say you. I will in no wise cast out, says Christ. 
But I have served Satan all my days, say you. I will in no wise cast out, says Christ. But I have sinned against light, say you. I will in no wise cast out, says Christ. But I have sinned against mercy, say you. I will in no wise cast out, says Christ. But I have no good thing to bring with me, say you. I will in no wise cast out, says Christ. This promise was provided to answer all objections and does answer them. Wherever your heart is today, wherever your mind is today, wherever your hands and feet have been, Jesus invites you. Now, if you were in Jesus' sandals, knowing you had a short time on the earth, what kind of people would you gather or would you expect to gather who could carry on your mission after you left? If it were me, I would look for successful people, capable people, uh, maybe wealthy, you know, charismatic, magnetic, you know, competent, educated types of people. I would look for those proven leaders who have resources and, and, and you know, and means to, to get stuff done. Well-connected people. That's what I would look for. Instead, that might be Jesus calling right now. Let's wait and see. <laughs> Just kidding. You're all right. It's, I don't know if any of us have been in a situation where our phone has not gone off in an embarrassing situation. I think that's something we can all relate to. But if it was Jesus calling, I want to know what he said. So, No, but instead of gathering like really successful people, Jesus calls those of us who are weary and burdened. I mean, think about this. Hey, I'm building my group. I'm building my team. I'm looking for all the last picks. What? What? Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary. Or other translations say, you who labor. If, if you enjoy classical music, you'll, you're maybe thinking about Handel's Messiah, right? Come unto him. Ye that labor, come unto him, ye that are heavy laden, and he will give you rest. I mean, that's an incredible piece of music. I'm sorry that you had to hear me sing it. It's this word that suggests, you know, it, it's translated, you know, labor. It, it The word itself suggests like worn out from working hard. That's the, that's the kind of sense behind it. And you might feel that right now, especially this year. You might feel just worn out. You're trying so hard. You're adapting to every situation. Maybe you're, if you're in the workplace, you're like all these different regulations and things are changing all the time. Then you have to work at home and then you have to do school at home and then you're back to work and you know, all this stuff going on. Some of you, you know, are without work because of this pandemic. All these things. You're weary. You're, you're exhausted from it all. And you feel like I have nothing left to offer. Like I'm done. I'm, I'm out of gas. And I'm telling you, Jesus invites you because he doesn't 
He doesn't need anything from you. He's not inviting you to take from you. He wants to give you His rest. That's who He invites. And part of the toil of this season of 2020, of pandemic and of election and all these things, is you're you're tired of trying to figure out what's real and what's fake. Like, what do I believe? Like, where do I turn to? I, I had a, a friend message me from, from Canada, and he said, I'm watching, trying to watch what's going on down there, but where do I get any accurate news? And I said, good luck. I mean, I'd like to try to help you out, but we don't know what to believe. How much of this coronavirus hype is real? I, I don't know. I, these masks that we wear, how much are they helping? I don't, I don't know. What should we believe about the election? What, you know, if the left takes power, is it really going to be as bad as the right says? If, if the right holds power, is it really going to be as bad as the left says? Like, what do, what do you believe? Who do you listen to? It's exhausting. You're dealing with this barrage of half-truths. And then there's this whole business of your religious effort. You're, you might feel like you're trying really hard to be, you know, a good Christian, whatever that is. And, and, and you're trying to, you know, you know, keep up with everything, or at least you did for a while, and now you're kind of worn out trying to do that. And, 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 you know, you're trying to keep the rules, and you're like, forget it, and I think I'm done with organized religion, and, uh, you know, we're pretty disorganized here, so that might be okay for you, right? Listen, to all of that, I've got some good news, that Jesus is calling you right now the weary, laboring person, if that's you, And he calls you to take on his way of doing things, which is a lot of resting in him and letting him do the labor. Jesus already did put in the effort. He already labored for you at the cross. He invites you to come to his heart and to get to know him. Come to me, all of you who are weary, and lastly, and carry heavy burdens. And carry heavy burdens. Not just the weary ones, but those holding the weight of the burdens of responsibility and duty and obligation. Some some of us, and maybe this includes you, you even feel like your very faith is an obligation and a duty and a burden on you. Oh, now I just got to keep, you know, keep my faith up in God. But see, Jesus is calling to you to release that. See, under that, those burdens, I mean, those are some of the surface thing. And then you've got the things you don't talk about. Relationship strains, debt, uh, you know, uh, just extra tasks that you, you have been placed on you. And, and you've got to kind of show that your life is more or less put together or, or, or you know, like make people believe that your marriage is, is pretty good or, you know, make your, your kids believe that you know what you're doing or, or make sure your parents think that you're doing great in school or great in work or, you know, you're all these masks and you're trying to get everybody to think that I'm fine and trying to convince yourself that you're fine. And Jesus calls to you, come to me, you who are weary and are heavily burdened. You're hanging on just day by day. It's like you're, it's like you're carrying this big, rock around this big boulder. I think I don't I don't I don't know how to even how to set this down. I mean, it's like a big backpack. I don't even know how to take this off my shoulders. That's the that you're the one that Jesus is inviting. 
How? How do you do this? I mean, it's nice to talk about, but how do you actually take these steps to respond to the invitation? I think it just begins with a quiet, simple prayer of surrender. Jesus, this is me. I'm weary and heavily burdened. I'm responding to your invitation. Jesus, I'm coming to you because I need your rest. Meanwhile, there's other of us, and, and I don't know if this includes you, but but some of us, we're kind of going through the motions because we've never figured out what it means to really know Jesus, to be close to Jesus or trust Him for stuff. And so, you know, we don't have any intimacy. For us, the Bible is it's just a book and the, the the worship music are just songs that we sing. And so we're, we're struggling with all that. But Jesus invites you to come to him. All of you. All of us who are weary and heavily burdened in the coming weeks, we're going to talk about more what he offers to you, the rest that he offers, the, what it means to take on his yoke and so on. There's one piece of good news I do want to kind of wrap up with. It's that when when we do come to Jesus, He hangs on to us. There's an illustration that that Orland uses in this book, Gentle and Lowly. He, he talks about you know the two year old who holds his 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 dad's hand as he's going into the water or maybe at a lake or a pool or something, and the child thinks that he's holding on to dad, but what doesn't realize, especially as the water comes up, that the dad is holding on to the child. And we think, Oh, I'm I'm doing my best to hold on to Jesus. And I want you to know that he's holding on to you, and his grip is much stronger than yours. He will hold you fast. In fact, I'm gonna invite um Christy and Kurt, if you guys would come, uh, they prepared a song for us that they're going to sing. If your faith is weak or it's strong today, if you're weary or you're rested today, maybe you just knocked it out of the park this week with joyful, prayerful, thankful, JPT. Remember that last week? You're just like, yeah, I, I was pretty joyful and prayerful, thankful. I, I think I had a good week. Awesome. Or maybe you're just like, I am completely broken. Like I am hanging on by a thread. I'm, I'm anxious. I'm, I'm worried. I'm whatever it is. I want you to know that Jesus promises to hold you fast. This song that these, that Christy's going to sing for us is just simply called He Will Hold You Fast. It's written by Keith and Christian Getty. We sang one of their songs earlier in the service today. And Chrissy's just going to sing it over you. I'm not asking you to sing along. You can if, if you want. But I'm just asking you, meditate on the lyrics. Let her just sing this simple truth over you today. That Jesus is holding you fast. And as she does, hey, this is a time to just pray your Surrender prayer. Jesus, I'm tired. I'm burdened. I'm weary. I need your rest. Just bring it to him as we sing this song. Till my faith shall be made sight when you come at last. Jesus, there's no limit on your holding us and there's 
the only expiry on your invitation is the day we stop breathing. So Jesus, help me and help us to admit where we're weary or where we're burdened. And to humble ourselves to come before you and to come to you. Not to learn more doctrine or gain more knowledge, but to learn you. To receive your rest, to receive your very life into our life. God, a lot of us, I'm pretty good at religion, but Jesus, that is not what you desire. So we just say we want to place ourselves in your secure hold today. Even when our love is cold, Or those days where we're hitting out of the park. We just want to be in your care. We just thank you for this truth. We thank you for the invitation, Lord Jesus. We lay ourselves before you today. We thank you. We give you our praise. Amen.